1: Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is August 3rd, 2021, and today's guest is none other than working-class bull hunter co-host Kurt Guyer. All right. Welcome back to the fall podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Blasey. And today's episode is 172. And I'm not going to lie, this week's episode, Kurt Geyer bailed me out. I've been so busy with my house and everything. It just kind of honestly slipped my mind to get a guest for this week. And Kurt and I were talking on the phone last week. And I said, man, I, I just realized I basically do not have a guest. And he goes, oh, come on if you want to just BS or something like that, or, you know, I'll fill a spot. So we jumped on basically and did a sweet BS session that I had a whole bunch of stuff written down that I wanted to ask him. We never got to that. We talked about other stuff and it went really, really well. So this is just kind of a lay your hair back episode. Listen, uh, there's some good information in it and you know, Kurt and I kind of talked about some stuff that actually I've never talked about on the podcast, so um, it's pretty cool. We're going to get into that here shortly. I do want to say thank you, everybody out there, for all the support and all the downloads. It is ridiculous the amount of people that are engaging, reaching out to me, doing direct messages, and the downloads. It's unbelievable. It's, It's so cool to see. Thank you guys very much, and I'm glad that you like the content that we're putting out. Uh, I'm glad that you like to hear my sultry voice every week. I hope you do. <laughs> I hope it doesn't get boring or anything for you. But uh, this is just me saying thank you very much. I say it every week, but uh, I really appreciate it. So I'm going to say before we do get to this interview, please go over to iTunes and leave a five star rating and leave a review. It just helps with the rankings, moving up in the rankings. And with moving up in the rankings, it helps more people see this podcast and be able to listen to it. So with that being said, going to go over this interview with Kurt. I'm going to let it take, I'm going to let it take it from here. That wasn't right. But you know what I'm trying to say. I'm going to let the interview go from right now. So thank you guys. All right, let's, uh, we are hot right now. So I'm just going to get right into it, man. Kurt Geyer, back on the podcast from Working Class Bowhunter, man. Thank you for coming back on. You're actually bailing me out here.
2: <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me on, man. Anytime I can jump on and record from my couch, which I'm doing now, and then help somebody out, is a,
1: it's a good deal. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. I, You know I've, I've been super-ass busy, uh, and I was talking to you the other day and said, I don't even have a guest for next week. And you're like, hey, I'll do it. Let's, let's do it. So here we are. It's a uh, little after 10 o'clock p.m. my time nine o'clock your time so i'm excited man a little late night moonlight uh recording
2: it's kind of like what you do once you have like you're in i guess a fairly new dad and you have young kids and you when you do record it has to be like once all the kids are in bed and everybody's settled down so you're up up late past <laughs> yeah. what the family's doing on the couch so however you can make it work you gotta get it you know
1: yep speaking of new dads i mean you're a dad again like what you got a, you just had a little boy how how old is he
2: Four days
1: old, <laughs> dude. You are like, you are brand new dad again. Like, how's that going with uh, having two kids now and one that's super young? Oh,
2: uh, it's interesting, man. I mean, you know, it's like an adjustment when you have your first one, of course. But it's like the then you bring home this new baby, and then your two year old, my two year old daughter's got to get used to. Oh, this this baby's not leaving. This baby <laughs> stays here. Like you know, it takes a few days to kind of for them to wrap their head around. So a few sleepless nights and some confusion, and you know how that all goes, man. Oh, yeah. The new family adjustments, but it's it's fun.
1: Yeah, I bet. I've, it's got to be fun having a little boy now, too. You got one of each, so you're probably, are you done or are you going to be like a kid farm? Are you going to just keep, keep pumping them out?
2: Oh, I don't know. It's too early to think <laughs> about that, man. Four days, but we didn't find out the gender, so it was kind of a cool surprise to, to see a boy, you know. Yep. So not, not that I would have cared either way. I honestly didn't, but it's cool to have one of each now.
1: Yeah. That's cool, man. Well, today's podcast is going to be more of a uh, BS, just kind of just bullshit a little bit. And I've got some topics I want to talk about, but they might be yeah. st- like some hard ass transitions, but you know what? I don't care. I just want to do Dude, it however I want to do it. <laughs>
2: anytime you can label a podcast BS session, I'm in because I think that's, because you know what I mean? It doesn't always have to have a hard agenda. It can kind of just be like, let's just talk about random stuff and just have fun with it.
1: Yeah. Yep. Hey, so I want to talk about your new studio too. I can't wait to get over there and visit you guys. Because that thing, you sent me some pictures. I'm like, that thing is like the ultimate bachelor pad.
2: <laughs> well, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys need to get out here and check it out. Because we tried to, we, we got the opportunity to well, we wanted to build a studio and we we're going to build a Morton building, but with like the price of lumber and everything went nuts. We, I mean, you know that with the oh, you yeah. going through, um, we found this building for sale in New Windsor, Illinois. That was like an old hair salon. And we looked at it. We're like, man, we think we can make this work. Um, so we purchased the building. Everybody thinks we rent it. We actually bought it and, um, put about two, three months of just hard work into it and some cool ideas that just kind of came to life. And, it's pretty pretty much everything that it's done now except for, like, decorating. You know, we have some deer heads to bring in and hang up and, you know, hang some pictures. and just a little decor stuff, but it's uh, we got the studio that we built from the ground up. We have a bedroom for guests to stay in if they need to. If people want to come in and hunt in the area for a week, they can stay there. Uh, the whole bathroom, our green room, which is, like, a full-blown wet bar, a kitchen, all the goods. So, with couches for extra people sleeping and all that stuff so it's bar games everything so it's it's a dream come true
1: that's cool though to be able to have guests come there and just kind of give them an experience that's like that's sweet you know that's something that people in our space podcasts like in the outdoor industry they're they're you're the only ones doing it i don't know anybody else that's got a studio that you know brings people in other than like a rogan you know but uh you know, yeah, yeah. it's more like what we're doing right now over the phone that that's the majority of it.
2: Yeah. Well, before, you know, the studio was always in my house, which is great. Like we had a plate, like we always took one room that was in my house and it was the dedicated WCB studio. And it was cool. You know, we did everything we needed Added the outlets, did the table, the monitors, everything we needed. Well, with this, you know, we felt bad Like people would come in from out of town. And then it, the closest town from my house is about a half hour, and we're normally drinking beer and yeah. what, and you know what I mean? So it gets weird. And then it's like, we start in the room. We, we start chit chatting, break the ice. Then we record in the room and then we want to hang out after the podcast is over, but we're still in the room, in right. the same room. Whereas now we can hang out at the bar and kind of just play some games and kind of cut up and get loose and have fun and then go in, do our recording and then be like, man, that was fun. It was an awesome podcast let's go back out to the bar and play some games and kind of hang out and it feels yeah. like hunting camp is what it's like it's the closest thing to like a, a true hunting camp that we could get and it's a ton of fun
1: that's really sweet so you guys have been doing this what five or six years now
2: um be about six and a half now
1: okay so when you guys started what was your studio like like what was the first you know first recordings of working class bow hunter you know was it in like, what was it? I always like to talk to, ask people about, like, mine was a closet. I did the first, like, 30 episodes in a in a damn closet, so... <laughs>
2: yeah, and you ours know. was pretty much the same. I lived in a little town called Sherrard, Illinois, for a while, and we had this uh, weird, like, bedroom. It was, like, 8 foot wide by, like, 10 foot long, like or 12 foot long. It was, it was narrow, and we put the big L-shaped studio table in there, but at first we were just recording in, like you know event like fold out sport chairs you know and yep. and just we just had these big floor mic stands holding the microphone up over while we we're sitting in the chairs and then we built the table and did like the wood paneling and and kind of revamped it and then it kind of just then i moved to my new house then we redid that and made it better and then now we just have the spot you know so it's right the evolution is pretty nuts if you think about it
1: did you ever think that you'd be six years into doing this or six and a half years and still going strong enjoying it and you know now you got yourself a studio did you ever think like when you're in the, like the baby steps or the early years of what you're doing that you'd be doing this still
2: no i mean you never really do i mean i think I, i've my passion for hunting is never going to sizzle out so i'm like well if I can stay consistent with this and we can get a good crew together, then, you know, I never thought that we would quit doing it really, but I never thought it would roll into, yeah, to like, oh yeah, we bought a building so we can record podcasts in it. Right. So I, that seems bizarre. And I think a lot of people in town are kind of having a hard time wrapping their head around that. Like, what are they doing there? You need a right. building for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. they don't really understand how it can be a business.
1: Yep. You know, it's hilarious. That, but, it is hilarious because I still feel like, you know, in my little town, I feel like when I go somewhere, people, I don't, not that I get looked at weird, but I, I'm nowhere near as big as, you know, you guys and what you guys, but like, I got recognized at the local car dealership not too long ago and like, (laughs) it was really weird. I had no idea who these people were and they're like, aren't you that guy? And I'm like. And they were like, yeah, like somebody just came in here, was buying a car and was talking about your podcast. And like, cause I had a shirt on one of the fall podcast shirts and they're like, you're yeah. that guy. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I am. You know? So it was, awesome. it was, awesome. was, was kind of weird. You know what I mean? But like, I still think like he does a podcast. Like what, it, I still feel like a lot of people don't know what podcasts are, but I mean, it's a very saturated market as well, as you know. But still, people yeah, are like, yeah. "What? what is it, really? I still get that question a lot. Do you still get that?
2: We get that a lot, you know. Um, we, so when we first started doing trade shows, like having a booth for the podcast, like when we went to the IBA class, like I remember the first year, there was a lot of confused looks when they would look at our backdrop. Yeah. And 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 we would basically, as people walk by, we would ask the question, hey, you listen to podcasts? And like what you're saying, everyone's like, what's a podcast? And I'm like, oh, my God are you kidding me? Like it's, and so old people would be like, it's internet radio on your cell phone. Yeah. Like you can pull it up right now. Like you have an iPhone, it's the purple app. Yeah. Like that's that's how we explained it for the longest time. Now it's transitioned so much to where everyone, like they're kind of podcasts are fairly household now. Yeah. Not, not all the way, but we're, we're explaining what a podcast is less and less. Um, but I just tell people it's, it's hunting camp radio. They're yeah. basically older guys or the, you know the old guys in your small town at the tavern that are asking about it. Yeah. Um, so we actually we made a bunch of those bar coasters, and we hand them out at taverns now. And I basically made it to where if anyone is wondering <laughs> what a podcast is, they can read the coaster and be like, "Oh, that's where I go to
1: find." It. Dude, that's a great so, idea.
2: <laughs> Just yeah, go to your we,
1: local bar we, and start handing them out, and people will see them all the time.
2: <laughs> yep. That's what we did, man. There is actually up in Wisconsin, there's probably about a thousand of them floating around up in northern Wisconsin right now. One of our line in Googles guys is he visits oh, I don't know, like eight hundred bars and I don't know what exactly what the time frame is, when I'm like, here, hand these out all those bars and he's like, yeah. All right, I'm on it. So
1: That's we crazy. crowned the idea
2: first for a podcast, so anybody else is copying now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, the best That's ideas funny. are stolen, right? <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Marketing
2: man anyway, you can get
1: it. Yeah, definitely. Do you do you think the cool factor will ever wear off? You know how everything's always got like a shelf life, it feels like. You yeah. know, I started to listen to podcasts about five, five and a half years ago. You guys were, I want to say, right around a hundred episodes when I like discovered you guys or so. So I can't remember what it was, but it was somewhere right there. Like uh-huh. do you think like the coolness I shouldn't say coolness. I don't know if that's a good word for it, but do you think it'll ever wear off like where it's just the like a oh, podcast Yeah, and podcasts are just kinda like go by the wayside?
2: Um I think for people that are committed to the game and are passionate about the niche that they're podcasting about, it'll always it'll always move it forward because if people are really passionate about it and they actually care for it, then yeah. it shouldn't never fully sizzle. I mean it might take a different direction and can. In- morph into something else along the way but I, I don't think so i think a lot of people that are half half in the commitment bucket or whatever however you want to word it ha- they're just half in yeah yeah that'll sizzle out and those guys probably lose excitement or you know other things are more important but for us we just love it so much like one we love hunting of course but yeah. we love podcasting not not we're, po- we're hunters first we're podcasters second but podcasting is just a freaking riot man like where else do you get to sit down with good people and have legit, comp, uninterrupted conversations like that for up to three hours or however long you want to go? Because yeah. you can control your own destiny with it.
1: No, I I agree, man. Because I, I I fall in that same scenario. Like I'm not gonna lie to you. I I was. My wife would even attest to this. She's like, you're start. When I started the podcast, she's like, you're gonna start this. Like, like basically, when are you gonna quit it? you know what i mean like not that i start start things and quit them but she's like you don't really like take me as like a podcaster basically and honestly now i have so much passion for it that i just want to record podcasts all the time and i love doing it and i've met so many people great people doing it and now like people reach out to me and want to come on on my podcast and they want to like be friends you know how many times i've been invited to go like hunt different states and i'm like i was i always go like i really appreciate that for one i don't know what my fall schedule is going to be but for two it's like i just feel really weird about going and doing that like i just yeah you know what i mean like really yep. appreciate it but like i just I, I, not not yet you know <laughs> i don't know yeah,
2: i'm with you on that it, it's a different it's yeah but i'm with you i get exactly what you're saying
1: but I, am just stupid passionate about it. Like it is honestly one. Of, I almost feel like if I had if if somebody was forcing me to do it all the time, it would probably get old. But like I just right. love to do you it you for know? someone else. Exactly, I want to do it for myself. You know, like I really, yeah. I really like meet new people talking deer hunting. I've, you know, some conversations get so monotonous that it's like, oh man, I talked about this before last year in July. But it's like you talk to different people and they have different opinions, and they're successful on different ways of doing things, and it's like, that's what's so fascinating to me about it, and I just love picking people's brains, you know?
2: Well, that goes back to, that's why, like, some of these BS sessions are so fun, because, you know, even though a lot, like, you know, we've done a lot of podcasts that aren't, like, let's talk about this tactic, this tactic, this tactic, and it can just kind of be whatever, because that's what hunting camp is, you know, the whole time, you're not only talking about the deer you're going to go hunt in the morning. I mean, yeah, that's a big part of it, of course, but I mean, at a hunting camp, every guy knows or every girl knows you're talking about relationships. You're making fun of each other. You're just yep. cutting up and talking about whatever, or just asking random questions. Would, would you do this for a million dollars? Like, you know what I mean? Whatever it may be. And that's kind of the fun thing about podcasting is it. It can be loose, a loose platform, but also with a structure that it can be informative and fun and, people can enjoy it. You know, we, we always say if you can laugh a little bit and then learn at the same time, then we're doing our job right. Or even if some episodes you just laugh and you don't learn a goddamn thing, that's good too. Like yeah. you can't, it can't all be this textbook, you know, take, take your medicine type of podcast Every Those are good, but that's not our style, you know? And, and we cuss and we say whatever we want, which makes it more fun for us. And I think, a lot of the guys that are blue collar working, they want to hear that shit too, you know, and I think they enjoy it a little more.
1: For sure. Yeah. the shows were honest. Definitely. And transparency, you guys are transparent. You're going to be honest, straightforward with everybody. And I I try to do the same thing, you know. Like, I'll, I'll tell you, like, I have a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot, but I do have public land guys on my podcast. But yeah. the reason being is because I've never hunted pu- public land in my life. You know, yeah. and it's, you know, I'm not going to go on there and claim that I've done this and this and this on public land because I never have. I like to hear from guys that have done different things for me just because yeah. I find that fascinating. You know, if, if I sure. if I recorded with a guy that was just like me, a producer in the outdoor television, you know, realm and did the things I did, it probably would get boring because I do that every day, you know, so it's right. like right. I just like talking to different guys, but like-minded people that are very passionate about hunting like i am you know so yeah
2: well, that's a cool thing about it man you know you you know with us uh, we've we've had a lot of public land guys on too but and that's hot right now and you know so the sideline, i think that's hot and we've done a lot of podcasts on those um on that stuff but i really no matter what the trends are i mean we might have somebody in if something's hot right now but you won't find us do 20 episodes in a row over a trend because right. really, we're just we're just interviewing and conversate about things that we find interesting. Yeah. So, and hopefully the listeners do too. Because if I'm if I'm interviewing on stuff that I don't really find that interesting, just because I think somebody else is going to like it, I think the content's going to suffer because I'm not in it.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I'm the same way. And when I kind of when I seek out guests, if, now it's to the point where I like to find like a story, some sort of story. If somebody had a huge success story last year, you know, there's this one guy, he shot three bucks in three different states last year on private land. He's not even a public land guy, but he was like, he's kind of a new bow hunter. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's like, I want to pick that guy's brain. Like that's an unbelievable year. That's a banner year. Not everybody can shoot three bucks, three good bucks. I mean, we're talking 140 or bigger. In three different yeah, that's,
2: states. That's a killer year.
1: Self-filmed all of them. And I'm like, okay. Like, this guy did it the hard way. And, like, so I get a hold of this guy. And he's like, yeah, I'm more than happy to come on. He might have, like, 300 Instagram followers. Not that I care about that. But it's like, you right. never hear about the guys like that. Like, you guys just had um, Todd Anderson on. Yeah. Uh, last week, I think. I've never known that. Never even heard that guy's name before in my life. You guys, I was so into that conversation when you had him on. And I'm like and yeah. I, you start kind of looking up the guy and how much you can find out about him. And it's like, this guy, he is like living in a corner of the world that like he doesn't you know, he seems like a guy that like doesn't really care to be in the limelight or nothing, but he's killing giant deer. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, that man. is I mean, badass, you know.
2: That that's I love that too, because it's like, you know, I realize I met Todd within the last year and he, we've done two podcasts with him, but yeah, just met him through hunting. I actually, one of the bucks he killed last season, I saw from a county road in velvet and that's how I reached out to him. I was like, Hey man, I think I saw this buck that you shot from so-and-so county road over the summer. You know, I saw it a few times and then he's like, Hey, let's, let's chat because I'm curious where you saw him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, it was kind of funny because where he killed, it was nowhere near to where I saw it. And, uh, I mean, you know, miles apart, but, and then we kind of just hit it off. I'm like, man, why don't you come in and we'll do some recordings, man. It'd be kind of fun. And then we kind of hit it off and now he, he comes and just hangs out at the studio with us and has a couple beers. And so, yeah, we just did that podcast. He's just, a, uh, you know, he's one of those guys, he has the skill to be in front of the camera and be really well known, but he's just, uh, he's just not. And he just does it. You know, he kills big bucks and does it because he enjoys it so that's cool talking to guys like that
1: yeah i know a guy like that um i'm not gonna say his name because he doesn't want to be like he won't come on the podcast or nothing he's actually lives in a little town in in illinois um but he you go into his house and i'm gonna tell you he's probably got no less than 40 deer on his wall that are 150 or bigger all with a bow and it's that's like impressive it's Dude, it is so impressive, but he is the type of guy that I've asked him numerous times. Will you just come on and just talk? Just like, let's bullshit like we'd normally do over the phone. No, yeah. man, I really don't want to. I really just... And I'm like... Give him that persona. I a know. a fake name and make him like a character. I, I know, That'd like awesome. wit- witness protection program or something yeah. like that. Yeah, put one of
2: those
0: deep filters over <laughs> his voice.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, this guy, the stories that this guy has and the things that he's seen is just ridiculous over the years. And it's it's not like, when is he going to shoot a giant deer? It's just, or not if he is, it's when he is, you know, every right. year. It's just, he just got, he's got it, you know. And well, I mean,
2: you know, speaking of that too, it's like Austin Chandler was the same way.
1: Yeah. You yeah. know,
2: Austin started as a guest and so sort of, Ross Bigger was fairly well known because he was on, uh, Respect the Game, which was a show on Sportsman's channel through Elite Archery or Outdoor Group. And then, uh, you know, those guys started guesting on our show and they, they kind of became extras of our crew, if you will. I mean, they are a part of our team, um, Ross and Austin, but Austin's like a good example of that. It was like just a dude who he filmed himself for fun but wasn't on any sort of YouTube channel or show or nothing. And uh, basically, I guess he's he, – Fairly well known now through like our platform, but the dude's yeah. a killer. You know, he deserves to be well known for what he's good at, if if you want to look at it that way. But
1: he is good, man, and I have like a little more respect for him too. Not just because he's a farmer. You know, I I'm close to farmers. Far- farming is in my family. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. his day job is a farmer, and that I just find that's cool. I'd. There's not a day that goes by that, you know, a farmer's out working a field or planting crops. I look at it, it's like, man, that's just, that just screams fall to me, you know? And it's just like, that's fucking cool. I just just love it, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny talking to him actually, because how he hustles to get work done just so he can free up his time so he can hunt. It's kind of funny.
1: And that's, you know, I see how much my brother-in-law, he runs a dairy farm. Now dairy farms never sleep. So, you know, they're milking cows three times a day and you know, on top of cash crop and he's into some custom farming and everything like that, but he's not a hunter. He, you know, he, he was kind of dabbled in it when he was young, but like, I see how much time he puts into farming and I mean, it's seven days a week and to know like what Austin's doing to try to bust his ass to, to get a little bit of time to, to hunt. My brother-in-law couldn't hunt. There's no way he just ha- just has no time to do it. And he never will. He yeah. probably would never make time to do it either if he wanted to, because, he just he's a workaholic he's like he's honestly yeah. he's part of like the dying breed of he's 37 years old and you know he just works daylight to dark he's just that guy hey
2: mad respect to him but not for me i got yeah.
1: <laughs> not for me either i appreciate <laughs> you know? everything he does for me because he does a lot for me and you know and where we're building our house it's his land we we bought it from him he was like gracious enough to carve out a little bit in his crop field for us and thank you very much for that but uh yeah not for me dog
2: <laughs> yeah but i yeah it's a no for me dog i'm
1: going home <laughs> yeah As yeah a
2: great Anna jackson once said know yeah. for me dog <laughs>
1: What did austin say that not too long ago on the podcast i think it was austin and i'm like oh yeah <laughs> we've been
2: saying that through austin on the podcast for years it's gonna be a no for me dog
1: oh uh, and he says it in such a like good way that's just like <laughs> you gotta laugh uh
2: oh yeah it's just like nonchalant but like you get the point across so so fast but that's hilarious
1: yeah so back on the i guess we're gonna go on the podcast train keep going that route right now just because i'm enjoying talking about it how are you guys like how are you guys seeking out guests right now or do you have a lot of guests that come to you and just like hey can i come on or you know how does that work for you
2: um i'd say both like back when we first started of course we were like would hunt people down and ask them to be on now it's a little different now because when we were doing the construction of our building like our scheduling got backed up we were still cranking out one a week yeah of course like while during that time But a lot of people that we wanted to get on, like and get them in studio, that list kind of piled up. So now that and that a lot of it, a little of both. Like now, a lot of people reach out, but there is we do kind of hunt some people down over a certain topic or whatever it might be with certain people. Um, But basically, once the studio was like, "All right, all systems go," let's get everybody on the calendar. Like we've been doing double record days to get people caught up before season yeah and we're right now we're booked all the way into october are you just with with, because otherwise you i mean you know how it goes scheduling comes up and it's hard to do them to schedule things during season because weather fronts and whatever might change what day you hunt that week and what day we record that oh yeah so i try not to book too far into october ahead of time so we can kind of do on the fly versus what's happening week by week you know yep
1: and that's that's kind of what i'm doing right now too i'm trying to fill my schedule for well until october i've got i got a little series i want to do i'm not going to launch i'm not going to talk about it just yet because i'm trying to track down some people to do it um and it's going to be like specific people but i think it'd be pretty cool um if i can get enough guys to do it i want to do uh, just a couple weeks of it, but I think people will, it, it'll be a different perspective. Actually, you know, mm-hmm. what, I'll just say it. It's guys that like producers like myself that have filmed, like I take, for example, this one guy, I'm not going to say his name yet. Cause I want to get him on, but he was filming a guy, uh, for like three years, chasing a deer that was really well known. Um, and I want to hear the producer's perspective of it. Uh, instead of getting like the hunter on, I want to hear mm-hmm. like, not only like, you know, the behind the scenes kind of stuff, but what, <clears throat> what was his, you know, his, his perspective through the whole three years of chasing this deer. So I want to get like guys on that, you know, have filmed big deer die and they had a big story with it and it uh, could I like, like a, like a giant deer, you know, and I want to hear it from them. Like this deer I'm talking about everybody. I mean, you would know the deer more likely if I was to tell you, but um, the guy the guy ended up shooting him and wounding him, and his neighbor shot him with a gun later that year, and they chased him for like three Whoa. years. Giant deer out in Iowa, huge deer. Damn. Well, I love
2: the idea, and then uh, if I can help you with that, with any connection, I know I'm sure you know everybody I know, but just in case, I anybody? any
1: anybody, dude, anybody that uh, that is like a producer, don't have to be like a professional pr- producer or nothing, like. I just want it to be the guy that was, like, behind the lens. You know what I mean? And just get his perspective instead of the hunter.
2: I got two guys in mind right now we can talk after the podcast.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Because I want to try, like I said, I'm trying to fill up the schedule right now. Like you said, you know, in October, November, it is literally the hardest time to record. It's so so hard to record. Because I always feel bad trying to get guys on when they want to be hunting. And it's the last thing they want to do to record late at night if that's the only time when they're right. going to get up early in the next morning and go hunting again. So it's like hard to stay on it. And it's, you know, my, my, rec- I usually miss a week or two in November without an episode. It, it happens every year. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. You know? I
2: get it though, man. I mean, uh, we're hunters first podcast or second. And yeah, you know, you normally, we look at the, we'll look at like deer, we use DeerCast a lot or whatever, weather app you use, we, we pick the worst day, what we think is the worst day. Yeah. We try to plan for that to podcast on yeah so sometimes like we not, might not be on like our Thursday or Friday morning launch like we always are, but it might be late a late publish really anytime we can get it out within that week it just gets out we don't really worry about it as much because people hunting are kind of doing the same thing anyway
1: yeah and i I do the Tuesday morning deal and it's been working out really well and people they get used to that like the listeners get used to it but I really want to do two episodes a week, but man that is a workload that is a load That's of a like you know, I try to backlog as many episodes as I can, but I don't want to get too far out because then it's might not be relevant, you know, to a time. Yep. That, and it's like, but people are asking, they want more. And I'm like, I, I get it, but I don't get paid to do this yet. So it's that's like, the
2: thing, man. That's the thing we have. We're pretty booked up right now as far as like our drafts. We have a lot in drafts because i was preparing for the baby of course and
0: there's
2: a lot of crazy shit's been happening with building you know whatever you just never know so um but we're getting caught up so i might have an episode or a couple weeks coming up with two maybe three episodes in them Yep. so and that's fun to do that too i like cranking them out like that every now and again
1: yep do you guys have a specific day that you you try to record on during the week
2: yep i lost you for a second you there yeah, he said, "Do you guys?" And then I lost you. Yeah. Oh, gotcha.
1: That's I dropped the phone. That's probably my bad. Uh, oh. You got? Do you guys have a certain day of the week that you try to record on?
2: It's always uh, Wednesday night or Thursday night, depending on like everybody's schedules. Because you know we have the three main hosts and stuff, right. so it's whatever works good. Um, a lot of times I'll book them out. Uh, typically Thursday nights is when we get together because then we drink and then we don't have to suffer through one day of work. that's honestly like the reason why
1: i know and it's hard to do on a friday night nobody wants to do a friday night you know and then the weekend nobody wants to do the weekend either so it's like you got to suffer one day of the work week
2: (laughs) so yep that's it so i might as well do it on a friday and and a lot of times like we used to always launch our podcast thursday like if we recorded on a thursday night they went up within an hour of us recording oh really Uh, yeah almost like i bet you almost up to 400 episodes we did that way no kidding um and you know we're we're still in the 400s now and i'd say more up to about 350 almost all of them like were along not always not all of them not not 100% of them but i'd say 80% of them were launched the same day we
1: recorded that's pretty damn good though dude so that's that's awesome yeah and that's yeah i don't do that <laughs>
2: See, I, I don't do it. It's rare now because we're trying to get everyone that we can. Um, with, I, I just feel bad, you know, I feel bad because I feel like people don't believe us that we have a booked up schedule. So then I feel like they get the impression I'm blowing them off, which is definitely not the case. Um, but, the, you know, back then it was good. Like we launched them, got them put out. But I had a lot of like, you know, I'd be 12 bush lights deep after recording and then I'm trying to type a description and oh. enter all the stuff and publish. And I'm like, yeah, this is a problem. So, um, I mean, whatever I mean, it worked, right?
1: That, that That's the worst thing for me in my opinion about this whole podcast game is typing descriptions. I hate yeah, it. it. Sucks. I hate it. There's so many times during like when I'm getting ready to launch, I get everything ready Monday night, like just, and then I do a pre, like I'll set a schedule for the next morning for it to go live at four AM because I try mm. to get like that early work crowd going to work, whatever you wanna listen to a podcast. I want it to go yeah. live early for them. So I am typing usually Monday night and there's so many times I just want to be like leave it blank, but I'm like, you know what? Stop being fucking lazy and just do it. And you know, and it's I'm worst at the grammar. I can't spell very good. <laughs> you yeah, know, right. and it's just like here it is, this is me. Take it or leave it, kind of thing.
2: Well, you know what? I was just talking about it today with my wife about podcast descriptions because, like, like Joe Rogan's like the king of podcasts, right? If you look at his, like, say he has the comedian Bill Burr on his yep. episode description. Bill Burr is a stand-up comedian. Like that's all it says. It yeah. doesn't talk about what they talk about. It doesn't put like, you know, we talked about this, then we talked about this, then we talked about this. Yeah, which I try to do to get people that might be on the fence about tuning in yes. because we're not having like Bill Burrs on and shit like that. Some people might not know who we have on. Yep. Um, but at a certain point, I mean, I've done some episodes where I'm just like, um, so-and-so joins us in the studio this week. We talk this. Enjoy. You know, yep. it, it depends on the week for me.
1: One thing I like to do is I can't remember what it's called. I'm, I'm drawing a blank now, but like in my, di- so if you like scroll through on your phone and you'll see like the first, I don't know. First sentence of the description or whatever. Something I've been doing and here's a here's a secret pro tip if it's I think it's been working I feel like. But I'll do all caps and I'll do like not necessarily the title of the the podcast of that episode, but I'll do mm-hmm. like you know giant 200 inch deer falls. You know what I mean? Like the story yeah, of a giant yeah. t- so it's like when you're scrolling through on it, it's like, "Oh, I'll click on that." You know? And it's you could call it clickbaity, I guess. But like well, I'm not lying to you, but I'm just trying to get lying. I'm just trying to get you to be like I, I need to listen to that kind of thing. It's a highlight. You're it highlighting is. Yes. what what's there. Yeah. Yeah, I'll no, say that good. and then I'll just then after that I'll <clears throat> type my description in and you know because you don't see the whole description on your phone and everybody's listening on a phone i don't care who you are it's everybody is yeah it's 99 percent of the your audience is listening in my opinion well on phone. you know i should
2: do that too because like the number one question as of lately and i don't know why but the number one episode people ask about is hey what was the podcast where you almost get shot by the crossbow hunter <laughs> really? and then i'm like yeah like hey what was that episode where you almost got shot by that crossbow hunter so then i have to like shit i should have because i think what happened was it was during season and we had a guest so on some of those episodes we'll do like a pre-episode to our guest to kind of get caught up with our season so i should have put something in there but yeah i mean that's the number one question which episode was it where you you talk about that guy about blasting you with the crowd it's kind of turned into a big joke uh with inside joke with the listeners which is hilarious yep um, but yeah, so I think that's a smart move on your part.
1: Well, and that, that kind of just brought something in my head. Like the first year dropped, um, when I wasn't on the first year dropped, but when they had a scene where the, where a bear came in camp during the night and it woke him up and they were saying, Hey bear, Hey bear to like kind of get him to like, you know, leave. Well, like it was, I don't, I don't think it was the same episode. I can't remember, but they shot like a 64 inch moose like a giant moose and Mm -hmm. Chris and Casey get still to this day, get more questions about the bear that came into camp and not very many questions about the giant moose that they killed in that, you know, it's just (laughs) like, or when um, Casey killed his moose and it floated down the river until it hit a log jam, you know, it's just like, we
2: watched that the other day in the studio actually. Really? And yeah, we, so, at the studio, we have a giant, like, DVD, like, hunting DVD oh, and VHS yeah. collection. So, I always put something on the studio. And that way, we're, when we're cutting up, we'll drink beer or whatever. And then, you know, then everyone should just watching on. that hunt. Yeah, yeah, just throw something on. It's an, always in the background just playing. And that happened. And we were all like, oh, shit. Like, I remember watching that before. I think it was on, like, was that what that hunt on Monster Bulls?
1: Uh, I really or, don't know. It might series. have been. It was probably on I something think- for Realtree
2: that I think that's what we were watching on Monster Bulls whatever number but anyway yeah like that was uh, it was intense watching that yeah
1: that was I remember watching it cuz I was I got hired in the year at like when they came back from dropped from that year I got hired shortly after that and I've been there ever since then um but I remember watching that first season in college my senior year In all my video classes and everything, I was building, so my senior project for my video production classes and everything was my buddies and I did a whole season of hunting in Michigan. Every animal we could, we killed like 29 animals all on camera, and I made a feature film from it, and that was my senior project for college. It was pretty cool. Um, That's awesome. I look back at it now, and it's absolutely brutal, just terrible quality you know but it's like like we and then we went to trade shows and sold it we sold over like 1500 copies of it and made a booth and oh yeah made a booth and everything um and yeah we did it for like three years after that and then when i got hired i you know we just kind of fizzled out and you know but yeah it was like it was like that's awesome we actually started right after like white till adrenaline the first year like i'm like man i want to do this so then i got my closest buddies and i'm like let's just start filming shit and doing it and we actually had a couple partners like bear archery was one of our partners um no
2: kidding dude i had no idea that's awesome yeah.
1: i don't talk i really haven't talked actually this might be the first time i've ever talked about it on a podcast to be <laughs> honest with you yeah. no shit
2: that's badass yeah that's cool like you were like legit and then got more legit i wouldn't call it like legit
1: like, i wouldn't call it legit
2: it seems pretty legit i mean you were deep enough to spend the money on <laughs> boost space and selling copies and yeah i mean the time to do it i mean that's pretty legit that's more legit than 90 percent of the people in the game right now that are trying to do the same thing because you actually did it
1: yeah and uh, well
2: <laughs> no disrespect to anybody trying to do it you know but you know what i mean
1: there's a lot that goes into it though too i mean we had, I don't know, we had like eight or ten guys on, I guess you'd call on a staff or something, but we had meetings every month. We did meetings. We did, you know, we went through camera gear stuff. We did hunt and set, and it was kind of like a podcast now, like you guys, like we're going to go to the pole barn. We're going to drink beer. We're going to talk about what we need to change for this year, what we want to do. It's just kind of an excuse to get away. Nobody had kids, and it was just like, let's have fun doing this, and you know, we rode the wave for like three years and made a DVD, and Um, I did all the production on it other than like all my friends, they shot all their stuff. Um, but as far as like editing production, like the DVD cover, all that stuff, I learned it all on the fly, all the graphics and everything at the time. Um, and yeah. And then like, if you could imagine when I went to school, I was the only, we'll call it redneck kind of kid, like in my program, like, All the oh, kids imagine. all the kids were went to like news stations. Um, you know, like they were just not like me. I was I was you know I was out of my element there basically. So when I like showed um, this feature film in front of the the whole program, <laughs> it was like okay.
2: People's <laughs> you know, heads were exploding probably.
1: Yeah. But I did get like yeah, some praise for you it. You know sure when you say that? What's that? You ever seen? Do you ever seen the first
2: episode of Chappelle's Show oh. where they have Clayton Bigsby, like yes. that black dude, yeah. that blind black dude in the KKK, and they pull his hood off and everyone's head explodes in the crowd? Yeah. That that's what I picture you showing a film in like a liberal film college class. We had of you just like shooting animals.
1: It it was too man. It was like and it, it was uh, an hour and a half long, and it was twenty nine kills on it. We didn't watch it all, but I mean they got the gist of it. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that I did. That's awesome.
1: No, but, but I I, love it. I actually like even my professors and everything. They weren't like you know they weren't outdoorsmen or women or anything like that. And they they kind of praised me like you know you're doing something different. You're going against the grain. And I'm like, well, it's not really against the grain for me because that's how I was brought up. But if you want to take it that way, then I guess I'll take it. <laughs> you
2: know No kidding, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I never did anything that cool. I would have loved to have been able to show a whole college classroom and a bunch of videos of bow hunting, but yeah. yeah, I had my own projects, but nothing that extreme. That's that's pretty
0: cool.
1: It was. Uh, I look back at it now, and I'm like, man, it was terrible. Like the quality. Like we were young kids. Like you just look young, skinny. You know, I've put keep on that a project
2: forever, man. Back that thing up that way, you never lose it because you're gonna want to look back on that later down the road.
1: Yeah, and like. I have all the raw footage from all like my wife was big into bow hunting still is but since we've had our kid um she hasn't really done much just because she's you know I I once she gets a little older Peyton gets older I I think my wife will go out hunt more she has actually got a new bow this year brand new Matthews Prima and uh or Prima I don't even know how you pronounce it but like she's like (laughs) jacked again to go do it she loves bow hunting and But I have like all the raw footage from like 2009 when we first met and all the hunts we were on. She'd film me, I'd film her, and like, I mean, years of footage. So
2: that's awesome, man. It's like the best home videos you can have, too, you know?
1: It is, yeah. I've got like four hard drives just tucked away of just old, shitty footage that.
2: (laughs) I love it, man. I got to get like, I have some old footage that I did when I was young. And I, gotta, I have an old computer that it's on. I got to see if I can't get, like, the hard drive transferred over to, like, a, another external hard drive so I can actually, like, view them and stuff. Cause it's on, like, an old compact oh, yeah. like desktop computer. And I I got to take it somewhere and see if they, I can get it out and actually access the hard drive because I know there's a bunch of great photos and footage of me when I was young and my dad and stuff when we were hunting back in the day. So hopefully yep.
1: that's possible. I know it's – It's definitely possible. You said it's on VHS?
2: No, it's on an old like desktop compact. Oh, uh, it's on a
1: computer right now.
2: Yeah, like an old comp remember compact was a computer brand? It's like an old tower computer like that.
1: Does it turn on? Does it work?
2: Oh, I don't know. I haven't put it in years.
1: I would I if it turns on and works, it'd be for sure somebody could get it off of it.
2: I'll take it into a computer store and see if they can't. Can't hook me up because that would be really cool to look through. I need to get on that probably. I've been meaning to do it for years and just haven't done it.
1: That's, like you said, that's stuff that you need to hang on to. Like, that's some some good stuff. Great memories, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I need to, so much has been going on. I just needed to grab them, throw them in my trunk, and drop them off one day after work and be like, hey, help me out with this.
1: Yeah, what's it going to cost me to, to get this footage off of there?
2: <laughs> yeah, it can't be that much. It'd be worth it, no matter what it would cost anyway, so. Yeah.
1: No, and it's uh, actually what kind of sprung this whole back in the day when we did the DVD. In 2008, I shot, like, a Michigan monster. He you know, was, like, a 105-inch deer with my bow. But it was, <laughs> yeah. like, the first buck ever. I had my brother-in-law come out and film me. Um, it was the first deer that I ever shot, like, being somewhat mobile. Um, I got pictures of him in August. And it was the first year I was like really like getting serious and running trail cams. And, uh, I'm like, man, this deer is a giant. I had never at this point, I'd never like killed a deer like that big and saw this deer and on camera, I'm like, I want, I really want to like pursue this deer. So, uh, first couple of weeks of season in October, I wasn't really seeing hardly anything. Uh, and it wasn't seeing him and I'm trying to figure out where he's at. And, um, mm-hmm. Now, like, looking back on it, I don't think I knew what I was doing, but, like, when I hear people talk about, like, finding a hard edge where timber meets, you know, like, a cedar thicket or, you know, something else, like, where I moved the stand, I think I just got more lucky than good. Uh, Yeah. And I know it was that because I, I put my stand on a hard edge, like, where cedar thicket comes into a hardwoods, and this deer came out And it was like 13 yards, double lung this deer. He he, uh, ran off. I watched him die at like 30 yards. And I literally felt like I set the world on fire. And Mm -hmm. my brother-in-law filmed it all. I killed a giant. You know, this was unbelievable. And the footage got formatted. So I got to see it. My brother-in-law got to see it. My dad got to see it. And nobody else got to see it. So oh. it got deleted. So I sent this in to some people because I didn't know what the hell I was doing back then. Sent right. it in to some people to try to get it and they could not get it back and could not get it back. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So that was like a learning curve. Like, you know, I it made me want to do it more. But it was like to the point where I need to learn a little bit more to, to, to like not fuck up like that again because um, right, it was right. totally yeah, my fuck up yeah
2: and you just uh, actually formatted like the hard drive on it and
1: yeah so the, it was still on the camera and i went to school took the camera with me you know and was going to show some buddies after school went to their house plugged it into their computer plugged it into their tv to watch on the tv and when it came up it said initialize or cancel and initialize means you know format and at that time, I really didn't, you know, I was kind of jacked up, didn't really know what initialize means. Clicked it, just like being, trying to be quick yeah, with it and everything. And to just get through the process, yes, to pull it pulled up. And it deleted it all.
2: Oh, oh, man. Yeah. That's a bummer.
1: And honestly, that <sighs> deer, like I said, he was like a 105 inch eight pointer. That deer is still like one of the most memorable deer, if not the most memorable, memorable deer I'll ever. Remember, just because of how big I thought it was, right, you know what I mean? Right? Yeah,
2: so. right. Well, I mean, heck, that'd be man, that would be a bummer to lose that. But I, do I need to? You're motivating me to go grab these computers out of my garage and throw them in my truck. So I have you have to, to do it. I have to do it. You know.
1: I'm sure I'll you got some done. freaking studs on there. You know, in the back of a truck that after a hunt you were you know, filming and stuff like that, you and your dad or something. I'm sure you got all that stuff. You need to get that stuff off there.
2: Yeah, I got a bunch of old big buck footage of the old high eight tapes. Type oh, of yeah. stuff. And, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, oh, God, I don't even know what else would be on there. But just I know we did um, back in the day. My dad was like super. I mean, this is 2005, probably 2004. My dad was doing like. Um, Remember, Jury did like the biologic mossy oak and they yep. were like the interviews in front of the plots. Like, that was like our home videos.
1: Really? We were like,
2: yeah, we were planting like our own little biologic fields and stuff back in the day. And my dad was actually doing like, it was pretty much vlogging before vlogging was a
1: thing. Yep. That's really so, cool,
2: though, man. It was really just home videos, but just talking to the camera, like, oh, this is what we're doing. Like, just documenting what we were doing, not to put anywhere. But I need to I need to get that because I'd I'd love to have all that back. So yeah,
1: definitely. And why not? Like that's content. Like why not start throwing that on the WCB, all that, all the pages, and talking about it. Like that's, like that's stuff. You've actually this conversation has kind of fired me up to talk about more about what I was doing back in the day with my buddies. You know, because we yeah. you know we talk about it every once in a while over beers and stuff like that. But this is literally the first time I think I've ever talked about it on on a podcast and like publicly i guess Good. since then you know
2: Dude, it sounds like you guys are killing it man It's on. It sounds like you know fairly big deal you guys had time and money and everything invested for it i mean especially when you're doing trade shows and selling copies like you did it's it's pretty damn impressive it was
1: only michigan trade shows we went to all the michigan trade shows that year but yeah i mean we built the booth but still travel you know? i remember going to ata that year first time we the story we went to ATA it was me Two of my buddies, um, his girlfriend, and then my wife. Now, we all freaking got into like a little uh, Geo Metro car because we wanted to save money to go down to, to um, was it in? It wasn't in Louisville. I think it was in Columbus. No, I think it was Louisville. I think it was Louisville. Uh,
2: what year was this? You think
1: this was two thousand and ten?
2: Oh damn! So that would have been. Yeah, I don't think I went to my first ATA till like 2011.
1: It would have been ten or eleven. It was right before Duck Dynasty came out.
2: It would have been in Columbus, Ohio.
1: So that's the one we went to, Columbus, Ohio.
2: I'm pretty sure because that—that's my first ATA was Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, I was there with the—I uh, helped set up the Muzzy Broadheads booth when they had like that. It was like half of a log cabin.
1: Oh yeah. Yep. Remember I remember that? that. Yes, I remember that.
2: <laughs> I helped them set that up. and They had the big, like, muzzy neon sign yep. on, on the front of the cabin with, like, the overhang. And, like, you go up on top of the cabin, like, a loft, and look over the whole show. That's where they
1: had all their meetings and everything up there? with yep. all their yep, yep. Exactly. So I remember it was the year before Duck Dynasty because I was going into my senior year of college, and I needed to get an internship. And the three places I wanted to go was I either wanted to do – uh, Buck Commander, Bone Collector, or with Chris and Casey. Those were my three because we had to send out, like, letters. We had to send out resumes, uh, demo reels, and everything. Um, and I talked to Willie Robertson about – and he got me hooked up to with his buddy – or his guy, Grant, that mm. is still with him, I think, um, and Jordan Summit. And I was talking to those guys, got their cards. I talked to Michael and T-Bone – And those guys to get, like, their cards and everything like that. So I was kind of doing some, like, networking. And then um, when I sent everything out, the first people, Chris and Casey were the first people to come back to me. And it was 30 minutes from my hometown, you know, because I was going to have to go, you know, down to Mississippi or, you know, where those guys are down in Georgia. And I'm like, I really don't know if I want to leave, like, to do that. It would be a great opportunity. And I mean, here I am now, almost eleven years later, and I mean, it just worked out. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, dude, that's amazing. It's like just meant to be.
1: Yeah. Yep. Definitely. That's awesome,
2: man. Dream come true, man. A lot of people were chasing that. You just you did it right and put it in the work, man. So it's well yeah. deserved.
1: I remember going down there. Anyway, back to my story. We drive a Geo Metro with five of us in there, and I we borrowed the car, and it was like a diesel. um I borrowed it from my brother-in-law. It was a standard transmission. I drove all the way down there, got like 65 miles of the gallon because we had no money. <laughs> we got one hotel room. We were sleeping on the floor, and it was just like great, like a freaking cool story, you know, and got to meet all those people, and uh, we actually were, so Buckstop Scents and Lures. I don't know if you've ever heard of Buckstop. Um, oh, yeah, I remember Buckstop. So they're not too far from us. We were. They were one of our partners with the with our dvd and our staff and stuff like that and they're like why don't you come down we'll pay for you to come down um to get your badges and everything and you'll help run the booth and everything and you can do some networking and everything and that's kind of how it worked that's how we did it
2: (laughs) that's how a lot of people start going to ata i don't know if that's how it still works but i mean i helped work the muzzy booth and set up and all that that's how i went you know yeah and it snowballs into there and then it's kind of funny then i got out of it then Finally came back, you know, for my own gig, which is cool.
1: Yep. So I haven't been to ATA since 2015. No kidding. 14 or 15. Yeah.
2: No kidding. We typically go every year. Well, we do go every year. We've gone every year since. Yep. The podcast was serious. So.
1: Yeah. Well, and I I don't blame you guys. I mean, you guys record a shitload of podcasts. It's a great idea. You know what I yeah. mean? Like just. You got all these people there. Why not just grab them, get a half hour, hour of their time, and bullshit with them? You know, that's a great Dude, idea. I think
2: we set a record. I got, I got to go back. Don't don't count me. Don't hold me to this. You
1: told me about this.
2: I think 17 in two days.
1: That's unbelievable. I don't think anybody will ever beat. Th- I think it was more than that when you told me, though. It might have been 19. I want to say it was like 19 or 20.
2: I got to go back and check because we had a calendar – because we were, uh, we held ourselves to a time frame. Like we had, to, well, one, everyone's busy. Right. So you kind of have to stick to that. But I think it was, it might have been 19 in two days. Um, but it literally, like we started recording and we didn't, we, there was times where like people left and we, everyone was gone we were still on a podcast. <laughs> like like <laughs> the show awesome. was over and we, and we were just recording and then the show ended and then we got out of there and everyone was gone. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was exhausting, though, man. I don't know if I'd want to do it again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but oh we my did gosh. it. So it's, kind of, it's cool now. What I mean, this whole podcast thing, man, it's like, it's just, I don't know, you can speak for yourself, but it's just so fun, you know?
2: Oh, it's a blast. It's a blast. I mean, it's really just doing what you do anyway if you called your buddy. Exactly. It's just whether or not you can make it listenable for, you know, someone on the third party end of it listening in. Right. I mean, Personally. not, you know, we're still going to do it. There's a lot of people that don't like what we talk about or like jokes we make and all that, and that's fine. But uh, we have a blast doing it so they can go somewhere else if they have that big of an
1: issue with it. Exactly. <laughs> so, and that's, you know, we briefly talked about it a little bit before, but the outdoor industry, the podcast, it's so saturated. But I mean, realistically, I don't listen to – like, I only listen to the ones that, you know, that I like. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. you're going to get people that don't like your podcast. It's, oh, it's, oh, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? But they're coming to you for a reason, and those are the ones you want anyway. I mean, those are the loyal people that listen week in and week out, and, you know, and you've guys got your niche. I kind of got my little niche or whatever that might be. I don't uh-huh. even know if I know what it is, to be honest with you, but I just – I. I go into it, honest to God, like every week I go into it wanting like selfishly wanting to learn something for myself and people just grasp it and love it. Yeah. That's you know? good
2: though. I mean, you're interviewing because you're, you're interested in it. Like you, you have your angle, that's your angle, you know? I and mean, yep. but the thing is like a listener doesn't need to know that they just, that makes you a better host in my opinion. Yeah. Cause you're pulling things out of, I guess that you want to know. Yeah. Um, and then that being said, too, is like, how many times have you listened to a podcast? Like, you know, I, I listen to a lot of mainstream podcasts that, you know, I like them a lot, but it doesn't mean I like every single episode because right. that would be impossible. But how many times have you heard a bad podcast and then you get on social media and bash one episode?
1: Never once. <laughs> Me either. I don't understand.
2: <laughs> you know what how I, mean? that, I don't understand how people have the time for that.
1: I don't either. Like, there are some podcasts that, uh, even in our space, I listen to. I'm like, man, I just, you know, I just, I really don't like that for one reason or the other. But never once where I was like, ah, I gotta stop the car. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on my phone real quick and uh, just say this was the shittiest episode ever. You know, He'll it's tell just,
2: us how big of a douchebag he is. It's yeah. Like, um, speaking of that, dude, I had something kind of funny come up uh, twice in the last five days, which I think is like, I think it's like a coincidence, but we had someone tell us that our podcast was not for the working class because we interview people that um, basically kill deer that are unattainable to everyone. And what I, basically what I got out of that saying is, you're going to tell us that we're not working class because we're interviewing people that worked their ass off to get where they are.
1: That's So I want to go back real quick, though, because... When they said unobtable, un, unobtainable, I can't even say that word, to other people, I don't care who you are, anything's obtainable. Like, yeah. if you want to go to Iowa and hunt, yes, understandable, you have to have a little bit of money. If you want to go to Illinois, if you want to go to Ohio, Ohio is like, what, $180, $200 for a non-resident yeah. tag? Go hunt it. Yeah, go in the it. end, it's like
2: 150 or something in that ballpark. Like.
1: Take, take your Biden bucks and go hunt it right you know right, what i mean exactly well that, that you
2: know it's and i i kind of get annoyed with that because i mean in a way i i sort of get the point that these people are making like oh yeah all these managed farms this and this you know i mean go to the extreme go to like a lee Lakowski or or a Hundred those guys are yeah they are hunting kick-ass managed farms but they have worked their ass off to do that like they have some of the coolest stores in the game. If people took the time to like look in, look into it, like I think Lee and Tiffany moved from. He quit the, his job, quit like his a chemical engineering engineer. job. Yes, yeah, and moved to Iowa with nothing. Like basically went bankrupt and like self-made, and now he's well-to-do. Like it, that is the epitome of working class. That dude hustled, you know. Like, yeah, and so I kind of get annoyed. Like people think that we need to be focusing on like only public land, or kind of like this notion that working class people don't have money and have to scrape the bottom of the barrel just to do whatever, which I'm kind of like, no, as long as you're hustling and doing what you need to do. And even if you don't work and you still consider yourself working class, like that's fine too, whatever. I'm not here to tell anybody how they should do things, but it's just kind of like, it's weird that people kind of lose sight or want to come at us because they probably got something going on in their life. But I'm like, dude, if you work your ass off to have nice things, you're still working class. Yes. So, um, But, yeah, I just thought it was bizarre. Like, we, we got those two messages from two different people within a week span. So yeah. it's kind of
1: funny. It, like, I feel like there's this persona that you're only working class if you work in a factory or, you know, and you're a weekend warrior or... No, it's I'm working class. You know what I mean? Like, I right. I feel like I'm working class in, in what I even I do for a 9 to 5. Like, even... Oh, I, of course, man. you know what I'm saying, well, like working
2: on a factory and doing your job exceptionally well because you care, or you just you just uh, you just grind, right? And then somebody comes up, hey, we want to promote you to a, a salary position, and imagine being like, now nah, I'm good because I want to be working class. It's like we're still working class. You're just yeah, hard work equals success. So
1: now I, just, I sorry, go ahead, you cut you off there.
2: No, I'm just whatever avenue you're in, you know, if you work hard at it and have a a goal that's what it ends up into hustle just, man you can get get nice shit by working for it
1: yeah 100 percent. i would say like now is the working class guy buying shit piles of Sitka every year and buying a you know the best new boat every year probably not you know what i mean probably like not. it's it's but maybe but maybe that's exactly you know there a lot
2: of working class guys that are driving $80,000 pickup trucks. 100%. And are spending
1: $700
2: some dollars a month on that pickup truck. Yep. And they don't have they don't complain about it. Yep. But those dudes are also the same guy to bitch when I got a new Elite Bow. I know. You know it's just like, you know, I'm not, I don't have a $700 truck payment. <laughs> right. So and which is just I other shit.
1: I'm sorry, but if you're out there listening to this and you got a $700 truck payment, uh, that truck better be made out of whale tusk because it's I'm like, sure that's ridiculous. Really nice. <laughs> it's it's probably goddamn nice, but like, that is stupid. That is oh, ridiculous. Yeah.
2: It is, but you know, it's just one of those things, you know, it's like, well, whatever, but it, it's just kind of funny. Or you've
1: done, or like, you worked your ass off to get that, you know, and get that good on you. If you've worked your ass off and you're, you know, you can take care of all your priorities and still have a $700 payment for a nice Duramax Denali. Good for you, man. I'm jealous. Yeah. Hey, I'm jealous. I won't be
2: jealous when you whip <laughs> pulling a big trailer by me and my truck's struggling to get up a hill <laughs> pulling our 16-footer. But
1: I'm hey, jealous. I'll be the first to say I'm jealous if you got it, man.
2: Hey, moral of the story is they work their ass for that truck, so they should be able to spend their money on it.
1: Yeah. And, and that's – I know it's the, the keyboard warriors are like – come out in full force man and i honestly there's times when it's like there's times when um make hunting great again guy and i know you're you're close with him and have i don't know if you're close with him but you've had him on the podcast a couple times there's times when it's like okay you're shaking the wrong tree you're like you're taking it a little far here guy like
2: yeah i mean there's a couple pages like that too you know i agree like it's good to a point because it brings awareness and i I get the message of like let's not let's not shoot ourselves in the foot from the outside perspective. Like, because let's, let's be honest. There's not a lot of people outside of hunting that are going to find that page. Right. Because a lot of it, they don't know what the fuck he's even talking about. But like, there's a couple like make hunting great again, copper plated sixes. There's yep. a few other, those pages like that. And I don't agree with everything they post. And I definitely don't agree with everyone they go after. I, I don't, but I think a lot of it, is kind of worth looking at but it at the same time i'm kind of like "Ah, all right this is a lot yeah we don't need all this
1: he definitely polices it you know what i mean and he's got a hell of a nutsack to do it you know because it's he don't care at all no and that's the thing like but there are some there are some times when i'm like i think you went a little too far there you know what i mean or agreed agreed um, and
2: i tell him that too you know like you know, I don't talk to him often, but every now and again we, sh- we share Instagram messages or texts or whatever. And I'll just be like, man, I gotta be honest, I don't get it. I don't get that one. Yep. Uh, you know what I mean? And it's, you know, it's not like we're arguing. I'm just like, yeah, that one's not for me.
1: Right. But I do agree. So, like, I like how he pleases like, you know, taking grip and grin photos that are just, like, absurd. You know what I mean? Whatever it might be. Very disrespectful.
2: Very disrespectful.
1: Because that's not what I do this for. Like, shit. My dad taught me when I was little that when you walk up on a deer or an animal that you've just killed or harvested, whatever you want to call it, uh, you never step over that animal. I've never stepped over an animal and belittled an animal. You know what I, like I mean? I like that. I like that, that and that's, process a lot. And that's something, and Casey does the same way. And it was kind of weird how, like, I caught on to like when Casey did it. And I'm like, wait a second, like, after time and time again, I kind of like, it's kind of weird bringing up to him, like, do you, like, do this on purpose? Because he's got a way he approaches an animal. And he's like, yeah. yeah, he's like, you know, I never step. And I'm like, no shit. I said, my dad, literally, when I was little, like, basically, he didn't whip me. But like, you know what I mean? He's like, you don't do that. That's not why yeah. we do this. You know what I Super mean? Super
2: cool, man. It's a cool thought process because it's like the utmost respect and yes, I get it, dude. I and I and I'm I try to be as conscious as possible um, with that too and respect and and yeah, like never, you know. You can take take the photos you want for your own memory bank, but you yeah. don't post, you don't put that out for everyone to see. Like of just you know, it's all about ethics and stuff. And that that's sure. what I do like about those. Like I'm real big like poaching. People, if they legit poach, people need to be called out on that.
1: Hundred percent. I think there's a lot of that
2: that goes on in the industry that people are scared to call it out. And you know, if if people have ever followed us throughout the years, they've known that we've we've called out quite a few people for poaching when I felt that they should have been. Yeah. I feel like that's just like if you're gonna do that, you have no right to be involved in this circle of people that care so much about these animals and care about the look from a third party perspective mm-hmm. to what we do, because, you know, if everyone did what those people do, this would all be done and over with. And then my life becomes pretty meaningless, pretty quick. If that goes away. Yep.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, man. It's if, if you're in it for the wrong reasons, it's, you got to check your priorities and you, you've got some, you got some self-esteem issues or something, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh,
2: dude, and, you, and you know, I, We've called some people out, basically, like, "Hey, you know, about poaching," and we did we did some well, we did some uh, stop enabling poachers t shirts that we raised money for, and and we donated it to a, oh, uh, uh, you know what? I'm drawing a, I feel bad. I'm drawing a blank on the name of the organization, but it was actually a recommendation through Make Hunting Great Again. It was um,
1: basically a case. It was that recent though, kids. wasn't it? Like last year, you did it. It was yeah,
2: a year and a half ago. I remember you guys doing so. it. Um, yeah, we, we donated the money to – it basically to help kids get into the outdoors ethically. Like okay. Teach them the right yep. ways to get – which I think what else I – mean, I, t- and really, we were going to do that or we were going to go to um, – we were going to donate it to um, – I can't remember the organization. It was through like the DNR, um, the program that helps stop poachers. Yep. Um, I, and I can't – I'm drawing a blank on the name, but we ended up going to this other one, getting the kids and helping them learn – to get in the outdoors from an ethical perspective, which I think should be the only perspective for sure. Um, but anyway, yeah. So we've, we've called some people out and kind of ruffled some feathers because it kind of went against people. Like I had people reach out to me and like, say, listen, dude, I don't know how this ends for you because we were calling out poachers. I mean, and I said, you don't know how this ends for me. Who's going to have a problem with me calling out people doing shitty things exactly in our space, you know, um i mean it's like okay well if this ends if calling out people for doing wrong in an industry and in a space that i care about so much if if that ends my my space here or however you want to put it i was like then i don't know if i want to be a part of it
1: (laughs) exactly and the thing is is and i think what where my dad was coming from when back in the day and i've never asked him this i probably should but uh where I think he was coming from is that he knew how small the hunting outdoor industry, if you would call it is, you know what I mean? And if one Mm -hmm. of the other, you know, PETA or, you know, whoever latches onto it, that the passion that we have for these animals and everything and what we do and the fun that we have, I'm not going to lie to you. It's fun. You know, it's, 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 it's great. And you know how many memories it's made for me and you over the years, like but he understood i think he understood that like the one wrong step and it's it's over it could be you know what i mean yeah, it could and be. it's and i'm i'm thankful that he like instilled that in me because i'll never ever forget that ever right right you know
2: no that's great man i mean that's what i plan to do with my kids man is kind of just you know, teach them. And you know, it's not just the killing of an animal. And of course everyone listens and understand that what we're talking about. But if for some reason there's a random non-hunter listening, you know, it's, you know, it does talk about how deep into podcasting we are is all because of hunting. And it's not because of the killing. It's the community. It's like the involvement of like, I don't know. Like I, I was texting you pictures of a stand I hunted yesterday morning, like just all that
0: stuff. Yeah. Like
2: adds to it too. It's like, man, like the strategy of it's fun. And, it's just fun to be out there and you know i had a blast hanging that stand and trying to figure it out it was like some wonky ass tree yep and i had to get a stand in and thought, that's fun you know and that's not that part right there is not killing an animal um it's just everything that surrounds it is enjoyable to me so yeah and it's, it's probably hard for people to understand that if they're not into it
1: well and in hunting hunting in general and the outdoors like how many people have you met over the years that have just been like genuinely really nice people and want to hang out with them and have share a beer with them and like just share deer camp with them you know what i mean like
0: yeah yeah
1: i i don't know how many just through my podcast alone you i've never met you face to face but you and i've talked to you on phone text for a while now and like (laughs) i i feel like the first time we see each other i feel like it's gonna be like hey man what's going on like you know, just like I saw you last week, you know, like exactly. there's been so many people like that, that, uh, you know, you could, you'll, I know pretty quick, I feel like after talking to someone, you can weed out the, the ones that are not in it for the right reasons kind of 100%. thing, you know, 100%. um, but that percentage is, I feel like with my encounters is pretty small, you know, and the people that are, are doing it for the right reasons. And I've aligned myself with a group or, or. You know in the podcast and everything or just my you know my friends around here that like we're in it for the right reasons we're doing it for the right reasons so it's like yeah you know you you find out quickly i think uh who's in it and who's out kind of thing 100 percent,
2: yeah and once it, it's easy to weed that stuff out pretty damn quick you can tell with, within 10 minutes you know or even quicker usually yeah yep
1: yeah no i agree well, hey, we're we're getting. Uh, I know you need some sleep. You got a you got a four year old <laughs> baby that's gonna be up probably in the next hour.
2: <laughs> yeah, four day old. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yep. It's yeah, definitely, man. It was fun, man. I always enjoy recording with you, man. I think we uh, we. It, what's cool about the BS sessions is like you and I talked briefly about a couple of things we we're gonna get into, but it's kind of funny like you get two podcasters together we can just really talk about anything and just flow with it and not even get to some of the shit we said we we're gonna get
1: to let me let me awesome. let me go through some of the categories i had here that we never hit on hanging stands uh your stalking boots for your meal deer hunt this year um uh new gear that you're trying out this year uh how do you how are you checking your cams in the season to not do so much intrusion um are you worried about bumping deer uh, I wanted to know yes. more about the Geyer buck. Cause I've never really heard that story from you. I've heard it on your podcast, you know, when you had your dad on and everything, but like, yeah, I kind of yeah. wanted to like, um, dude, just, and, and the list goes on. We never touched one of them and I love it. Oh, that's damn. what's great I about
2: love all those topics.
1: But, well, well, that's, what's great about it because, you know, I can do this again here soon and we can talk about what I had.
2: <laughs> so well, I would love to talk about all that stuff, you know, especially the Geyer buck and hanging stands. That's,
1: yeah, my my
2: side nickname from Doug is Kurt hanging Stan's Geyer. So,
1: <laughs> OK, I, I got to know more about that. So we'll get into that next time Then I, I think.
2: Yeah, hopefully we can just do that in studio. We can do a back and forth in the WCB studio in person. That'd be cool.
1: hundred percent, man. Let's do that. It's,
2: it's going to be pushing that getting close to season because I know uh, you're you're probably busier than anybody that time of year. Not only for yourself in the podcast, but, but for the boys, too. Yeah.
1: So. We're going we're gonna to start ramping up here soon, but I think Casey and I are going to be making a trip down to Illinois, so we need to try to make you a trip to get into the studio with you guys. Give me a week or so notice. We'll make something happen. All right, I'll do it, man. Well, hey, thank you very much for doing this. I greatly appreciate it, buddy.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. Always a good
1: time. All right, thank you. All right, there you have it, Kurt Geyer. Thank you very much, buddy, for coming on. I greatly appreciate that. You know I always do. It's always good catching up with Kurt and uh, – You know, I said it in this podcast, Kurt and I've actually never met face-to-face, but we talked quite a bit on the phone through text and call, and, uh, you know, we talked about how this podcast outlet has basically been able to let us have friendships with people all across the U.S., like-minded individuals, and, you know, you find some really good people out there, and Kurt is one of those guys, so I cannot thank him enough for coming on and doing this and I cannot thank him and all the guys for the Working Class bow hunter and everything they do because they put out content every week that is awesome to listen to. I listen to every week I have for a long time. So if you guys don't know anything about Working Class bow hunter, that's really weird if you don't because they're one of the OGs. But if you don't, go over and listen to the Working Class bow Hunter podcast. Find them on IG, on Facebook, all the social channels. Check them out. They're doing awesome things. So... With that being said, thank you guys very much for all the support, all the downloads. Please go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review, and that would be greatly appreciated. So, and don't forget, I'm twisting my words, talking like long here, but you guys know what I'm trying to say. I, I can't talk today, but yeah, you'll know. Wow. Cannot talk. Yep. Can't talk. You know that we will be here next week on the fall podcast. Thank you guys.
0: This Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it, a life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby, 6'8 Western. I'll be over there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.